Welcome to Women of Marvel. I'm Angelique Rocher. I'm Judy Stevens. And I'm Ellie Pyle. Now, if you know me, you know that America Chavez is one of my absolute all-time favorite Marvel characters. But in the grand scheme of the Marvel Universe, she is relatively new. She made her comic debut in the 2011 limited series Vengeance, and she used the moniker Miss America, the second person to use that name after the Golden Age hero Madeline Joyce. She started out as a member of the Libertines. Writer Joe Casey called her a new icon for the 21st century and a new vision of American female empowerment. And he was not wrong. Right. America has appeared in the 2013 Young Avengers series and A-Force in 2015. Plus, she's been part of the Ultimates and the West Coast Avengers with her BFF, Kate Bishop, a.k.a. Hawkeye. And in 2017, she got her own solo series called America, written by Gabby Rivera and Joe Canones. America Chavez is an LGBTQ Latinx teenager from the utopian parallel with a pretty incredible backstory which you can catch up on on Marvel Unlimited. One of her many powers is that she punches star-shaped holes between dimensions. So basically, she's kind of the coolest. All right, so Judy, Ellie, why do you love America Chavez? I mean, I love having a queer superhero. There's nothing more magical than that. Looking back at the history of the women of Marvel, and America Chavez is really one of the first queer heroes that we had that was like, punching people in the face and doing the thing. And, and it it's so great. Also, I still remember that first iconic number one cover when it first came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really think of her most, like kind of my first introduction to her was during the Young Avengers years and her friendship with Kate and kind of the friendship of all of those characters and the community that they formed together is really what I think of with her. I love that because when I think about America, like just based upon what y'all said is like this idea that we see ourselves in her, whether it's our personal relationships, our friendships, how cool we want to be, you know, for those of us who identify as queer, for those of us who identify as Latinx, it's just so amazing. So America's had a lot of history in the comics in a relatively short amount of time. But now we're going to cut to 2022 and America Chavez's big screen debut. That's right. Sochi Gomez is playing the MCU version of America in the recently released Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I had a chance to talk to the 16-year-old rock star actress about playing America. So, hi. One, congratulations. Thank you. Also, welcome to the MCU family. How does it feel to be a superhero? Those are like almost the exact same words that Seraphin told me when I got the part. She was just like, welcome to the MCU. You are America Chavez. So you like almost said the exact same thing. I'm getting deja vu. <laughs> I mean, how how does it feel? One, how does it feel to be a superhero? But also, you are America Chavez. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing, honestly. Growing up, I didn't really think I would be a superhero, you know? I was just like... I don't know, can I really be a superhero? And um, after I took some martial arts, because my mom was like, well, you know, you are an actress, you know, you should probably do some martial arts to have that under your belt, because you never know, you might be a superhero one day. And I was like, me, a superhero? <laughs> but once I, I got the role, I realized how much that martial arts helps when you're doing stunts and stuff. And now I've like grown a huge 
appreciation for martial arts. And now I'm halfway to my black belt, which is pretty crazy. One, impressive. Two, this episode is about America Chavez, her evolution. And for those who haven't seen the movie yet, or maybe only have read the comics or might not have read the comics yet, who is America Chavez? Well, you know, America is an alien from a dimension outside time and space. She has the ability to open star-shaped portals that allow her to travel between universes. And as a child, she isn't able to control her abilities. And it just happens when she gets really scared. And then in the comics, she's older and able to control them. But uh, also in the comics, even though she's an alien, she was adopted by a Puerto Rican family and kind of grew up with Latin influences all around her. Yeah. I love it because it's very clear that you dug into the source material for <laughs> America. Let's go back to the audition process. I can only imagine it was like a little surreal. Yeah. Well, I did my first, my very first audition back in February, 2020. And I didn't know what character I was going for since, you know, Marvel's so secret and they had like a code name for the character. But it said that she was 18 and I was 13 at the time. And I didn't hear back for like six months. I was like, yeah, I did not get that. (laughs) And then in like August, I got a call back for the same character, but she was a younger version about my age. So I was like, whoa, you know, maybe I actually have a shot at this. So I submitted my tape. I found out I got pinned a week later and I was like, okay, well, let me start doing some stunt training so that when I do my test, I can kick some butt and show them I got the moves. (laughs) And so I did stunt training with a stunt guy friend of mine and um we did it every other day for hours and we did kickbox training and tumbling training and stuff like that and then I did my screen test in London and I did it on the set of the New York Sanctum which is totally not intimidating at all (laughs) and then uh two days after I got back to LA I got this weird call from my agent Stella saying that I had to go on zoom or something and um that's when Sarah Finn was like you know welcome to the MCU you're America Chavez Because now it's so incredible because now America is a part of Avengers Campus and you are on screens across the world. What was your first introduction to Marvel and what did you know about America before you were cast? Because as you mentioned, normally you don't know what character you are auditioning for. Yeah, I was a huge fan of the MCU. I'd seen like literally every movie twice, maybe more than that. But I hadn't read any of the America comics because I didn't know, you know character I was going for but once I I knew I read some America comics to learn about her and find out what I could bring from the comics into the screen test audition and I immediately liked her sass and her outfits I mean of course some of those outfits I was like they have to do these at some point (laughs) but I knew we were dealing with a much younger and less experienced character for the multiverse madness so that was fun to kind of portray that well and we get to see This really is a journey about America learning who she is, where she fits in, and getting to that point where she is empowered as a superhero to control those powers. And it's really so much fun to see the storytelling you utilized in how the movements happened, how she learns to control it is so clear. Is there anything that you particularly loved about America Chavez bringing her to life in her first live action appearance? Yeah, I mean, originating a superhero from the comics, it's a big responsibility and it it can be a little overwhelming. But what I really, really loved about America is I love what she represents for young people and how a whole new generation of fans will kind of 
get to see that on screen. And she's a teen and that's kind of brand new for the MCU. And she's powerful and smart and the charismatic queer Latina. And she's got this amazing, unique power set that makes her very important to the story and the multiverse concept, you know? <laughs> she's a great character with so much potential and you know, hopefully we'll get to see that in the future. So we've mentioned that you are, like America Chavez, 18, which is something you can obviously relate to. But, you know, were there other aspects of the character that you felt you personally related to that you wanted to bring to the character or like things that you really wanted to emphasize about this journey for her? Because she starts off basically running for her life. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Well, one of the main things is that, you know, the MCU version of America is 14 and I was 14 when I filmed it. So that was a new thing that was just crazy. And now that I'm 16, looking back at that was pretty crazy, <laughs> but I, I really relate to her desire to find her people, you know, the friends and the mentors that she can trust, you know, people who make her happy and want to help her be the best person that she can be. And I think all teens deal with choosing the right friends and figuring out who makes us better and who doesn't. And it's really important to gravitate towards people with good intentions and leave behind what isn't healthy. And I've been doing a little bit of that myself, you know, finding the people that make you happy. I love that. You also, as a new character, were able to step into a movie that was just stacked with MCU veterans, right? <laughs> You're talking about Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Wong, Elizabeth Olsen. Like, how was it being able to be a part of this cast? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because you watch movies that, you know, you've grown up with like Regina George and there's Rachel McAdams just standing right in front of you, you know. But, you know, with Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, it was really cool to see his process and how much detail and thought he puts into his performance. And he's an absolute perfectionist. And I did like, I would tease him about being old and being serious. Um, but, you know, we're pretty much opposites, but that's also why it works so well. You can kind of tell that we're opposites and in the film, you know, there's a little fire there. She doesn't think very highly of him at first, but she knows he's her best shot, you know. And then Elizabeth Olsen, like what? Elizabeth Olsen, she's just like such a pro and she's so specific with her character work. And I would watch every move that she makes preparing for her scenes. And I mean, her acting range is literally unbelievable. Like what can't she do? <laughs> and she's just a great role model. And she's always handled fame very responsibly. And I really admire that. Basically hashtag goals. <laughs> and Benny Wong and Rachel McAdams, those two literally warm my heart. You know, I shared a trailer with Benny. So we became really close. And he's just a lovely man. And he's always been there for me to support me and kind of defend me as well. And uh, Rachel, she's just a dream. We actually had a scene together that actually got cut in the final edit, but we worked really well together and she's such an icon. You know, I was really lucky. And she's just so honest in her performance. It's like, you can literally feel her heart reaching out to grab you. It's like a dream. <laughs> I love it. You've explained all the amazing chemistry that we saw on screen for those <laughs> of us who have seen the movie already, but you really did step into this role because as a first time character in live action you carried a lot like there's a lot of america chavez in this story mm -hmm. and you know you've said before that you were able to also give some input into america's character because it really did feel like you brought yourself to the role as well 
Yeah, that's a good question. You know, mostly I would make suggestions to kind of emphasize America's youthfulness. It was really nice that Lizzie gave me that advice early on to definitely not be shy about giving my feedback and ideas. And, um, you know, after all, I was the only 14-year-old girl on this huge, giant movie. So I felt like I had some useful insight on how a 14-year-old America Chavez might react in situations. And it was, you know, it was nice to see that when I had an idea to add or take away something from my performance to help that young vibe kind of show through that I could do that. And I mean, all these big Hollywood guys, they would, they could have just ignored me, you know, but uh, they didn't, you know, and Sam would be like, that just might work. Let's shoot one that way. And it was really cool to see that occasionally the thing I suggested would actually make it to the final cut. So that was really cool. I remember the moment that the trailer came out and people realized that America Chavez was going to be in Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like it was the Internet exploded. It was this uproar. And America as a character means so much to so many people. What are you most excited for folks to see as they see this movie for the first and the second and the third and the 15th time now that it's out in the world? You know, I I just hope that people like the movie. I mean, I think it seems like people like the movie, <laughs> but I hope that they, you know, really like America and want to see more of her because it's a big deal that, you know, we have a young girl that's a hero and Hopefully there's more of that with Iman Vellani and, you know, Ironheart and Echo and Kate Bishop. I mean, the list is kind of growing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sochi. And good luck with everything that is in front of you. <laughs> thank you. It's so fun to chat with someone who's really bringing the character to life. And Sochi... We've had so many opportunities to talk to folks as they're entering the MCU. And there's always this huge excitement and fervor and this moment where they're like, I feel like I am part of this incredible family of folks now that I'm not just a superhero, but I am a superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The other cool thing, though, is that for every superhero, there is probably a stunt person that helps them bring about these incredible feats that make us go into this world that we love so much. So I also got a chance to chat with the movie stunt supervisor, Joe McLaren, about bringing America's action to life. And for those who don't know, the stunt supervisor is really in charge of making sure all of these incredible choreographed scenes that we love so much happen, they happen safely, and they really bring about the vision that the writers and directors and producers have that make us fall into the story. During the conversation, Joe is actually back on set for a different film. So you're going to be hearing a little bit of background noise. Think of it as a fun behind the scenes peek. Let's take a listen. Joe, thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you for inviting me. We're big fans of you and your work here. Can you let folks know, particularly for this amazing movie, Marvel Studios, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, what your job is in like the larger scheme of all of these incredible scenes? Yeah, of course. So my job as a stunt coordinator is to bring to life what's the director's vision and Marvel's vision and the script in an action sequence and bring that to life. So 
We have, particularly with the Marvel franchise, with theirs, we have a process sometimes. A lot of the time in an action sequence, we have like a, a fight scene and it might say within the script, you know, Doctor Strange goes into the street and Gargantos comes around the corner or meets Sinister Strange and they engage in a fight. And then we have to fill in the gaps. So we talk to the director, obviously. We look at the set, the whole set design and build an action sequence based on, first of all, story and a character basis, what that character does, how that character fights, what's their goal, what they're trying to achieve, where they come from, where they're going to. And we build up from there. What's their style of fighting? Are they superheroes? Are they not superhero? You know, all those things. What are their powers? So we build up a picture of all of those things. And then we look at the journey of that action sequence and the fight. And then we start a a rehearsal process. How long is that sequence in the movie as well? It dictates on how much time we put into it. And then we, we would make up a fight or an action sequence. We would pre-visit ourselves. So we would record it, edit it, put music to it, put VFX to it, and then present that to the director and to get his approval. And then, you know, that can go backwards and forwards and to get the studio's approval. And then once that is approved, then we move ahead with teaching actors, going to set design, getting set adapted to our sequence, you know, soft set to put in, work with visual effects, with special effects. And then we're onto the set and we're shooting it. It's a process. I mean, sometimes we have to do things on the spot, but usually it's a sort of well thought out. There's a method to it, a lot of planning, and that could take weeks for what could be you know, 30 seconds on screen or a minute on screen. But that's really amazing. And one of the really cool things about your career is that you've seen the industry really shift and change, right? You're on set right now. You're constantly moving in all of this. What is this journey from getting into that work, first of all, doing it and now having this ability, almost like going from being a dancer to being the choreographer of the company? Yeah. Well, it's the journey is, and I think it's it's different for everybody. And also the job itself, becoming a stunt coordinator, is not for every stunt performer because along with it is a lot of responsibility, a lot of hard work, you know, a lot of homework. Whereas when you're performing, you go to set, you perform, then you go home and you can switch off. And whereas when you coordinate, you're part of that whole creative process. So you're working pretty much your whole waking hour your brain is ticking over on what I've got to do have I missed everything have I planned everything and then there's the whole safety factor and plus all the creative side so my journey was I was a stunt performer for many many years it does get to a point especially if you're working at a high level and doing pretty big gags you know you do pick up injuries like any athlete and you mentioned like being a dancer it comes a point your body just, you know, as much as you have the will in your brain, you need to kind of, at some point, not hang up your boxing gloves, but take a little step back just to physically carry on. And for me, I, you know, I was physically still very, very capable, but I wanted to go to the next level. I wanted to be more creative and not just do that with physicality to use my brain and imagination as well. And so that's why, for me personally, that I moved away from performing and more into the coordinating side and it's lovely you know just kind of being part of that whole process and 
working closely with directors, art designers, second unit directors, and being part of that whole head of department. It's very much a collaborative process, especially with Marvel. For me, that was the journey I wanted to take. And that's pretty amazing because, like, you've also, as you have progressed in your career, the industry has progressed, right? So you go from there being this availability of, obviously, wire work has been around for a while, you Mm -hmm. know, crafting fight scenes and folks coming in and learning different styles of fights have come in for a while. But CGI, the sets, the ability to bring people into worlds have just truly has changed. How has your job, both as a stunt person, but also as a coordinator, shifted on either embracing technology or kind of having to accommodate for the technology as well when it comes to stunt work? Yeah, I mean, there's been a massive, massive shift over the last 10, 20 odd years. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely being on movies back in the day when, like, you know, a VFX is going to take over, we might all not have jobs in the future, and, and it's actually completely the opposite. We work so closely now with VFX, and, you know, I think about what we used to have to do and what we do now and how things are easier in so many ways. Just for instance being able to protect performers, being able to put them on wires and put soft set down and mats down and or get VFX to clean up, do plate shots and then clean up where we have to put safety factors in. Whereas perhaps, you know, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do that and we would have had to have gone to the ground, have gone onto concrete or not had a wire as a safety. So I think as a stunt performer, it's hugely made things a lot safer. As a coordinator, knowing how you can work and cooperate with VFX and work together, the boundaries are much bigger of what you can do, what you can achieve. And now you can have a superhero. We can do the first part of the takeoff from the ground and then VFX can do something incredible, like going through the air and across the street, but using a vast area that we might not necessarily be able to achieve for real. So, yeah, I mean, it's... it's, a massive, massive change from the good old days. So I don't know if they're the good old <laughs> days, but from the old days. And I think it's really interesting because you mentioned big and you mentioned traveling to places. Like we literally have a brand new to the MCU character in Marvel Studios, Dr. Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, who is America Chavez, right? Mm-hmm. So this yep. is the first time we get to see America Chavez on screen, these incredible transdimensional powers, like she literally punches stars across dimensions. But you also have like a really young actress. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was exciting, actually, because we had, as you say, new character learning new skills. So there was a whole sort of development process there, as you mentioned, a journey for her, learning her skills and learning how to tune into them and how to use them to her benefit. And she's just discovering that she's got these skills. So we were very lucky in, I mean, Sochi was brilliant. The stunts were actually involved in part of the audition process. They wanted us to assess the the girls that came in. And Sochi stood out for me and for the rest of the stunt team stood out with her absolute passion and vigor and 
execution in her action. So when she was, we were teaching her to throw punches and she just had that sort of fire in her belly and made everything look fantastic. And very easy to work with, great physical awareness actually. For somebody so young, she would listen to direction on their physical action and then execute it. And, you know, so willing and she was brilliant great, great energy. And I think then developing with her the journey of her progressively learning how to use her powers into the end when she, we see that on screen, she's channeled into them a lot more. Yeah, it was great. It was an exciting journey to be part of and interesting to see where the the character goes. One particular scene, and I know fans just have a billion and one questions about it, is that they travel through umpteen dimensions right like I don't even want to pretend like I was able to keep count once we got past the paint dimension but you know there's a scene where they travel she's using her powers but again she's still figuring out so there's ups and there's downs what can you tell us about how that scene worked and you know how much fun was was that well there was from the initial scripts that we got into what you finally see on the screen there were so many ideas and different variations and some amazing different storyboards and I think everyone in the creative departments we were all pitching ideas of oh they could do this or maybe they could do that and they could do this and it was very exciting to see what Sam actually went for you know in the end what he picked out to see that sort of part of the journey so We did uh, obviously a lot of wire work and sort of funky camera moves to get the effects that you see on screen. We broke it down. There was a lot of green screen work and interactive lighting things. It would always be interesting because we'd have to match leaving one dimension or one universe, linking it to the next one and working out how we did that with camera moves, with lighting. And if you're running and diving out of one scene, you've then got to pick up that dive mid-turn or something into the next scene and so we always had to be very mindful of the whole journey and how we linked one bit to the next bit. The other thing I gotta ask about like it wouldn't be a Marvel movie without a big monster of some sort somewhere so there's this amazing scene in the middle of New York Doctor Strange hops off a balcony and he's (laughs) fighting Gargantos. This dude is massive with lots and lots of tentacles how did you choreograph the scene and how did you work with Sochi to really kind of make this happen, but also her clearly very capable stunt double? Yeah. For Gargantos, we had a great previs, which all gave us the vision of Harold, the scale of Gargantos, and also within the set where he would be moving. So we almost had this thing called a technical viz. So okay, we know this monster is so many feet high, so many feet wide. We want this tentacle to come down and pick up Wong, lift him up. And so even when we're working out moments of choreography, we have to figure out how big each tentacle is and put that within our action. So if somebody's being scooped up, it's how much mass have they got around their body. And we would create lots of things, big rubber or foam arms out of green bits of foam wrapped around bodies or to, you know, scoop people off their legs. And and then a lot of it was vocal instruction. So Gargantos is coming down and, you know, he's doing this and everyone's terrified and they're running away and screaming and here he comes. So there was a lot of vocal work from, you know, Sam. 
and uh, Jeff, the second unit director. Then we would have to work out where eye lines, where Galgantos was, and it was a huge scene to work out and to execute and make sure we got the trajectory of the action correct to the movement of where all these tentacles were going. We did a lot of wire work and winch work, vehicle work. You know, obviously Sochi being scooped up by tentacles, flung into buildings. It was fun. It was a really fun sequence. Well, and I love that. It just kind of shouted out a little bit the fact that Sochi has a stunt double. Several, actually. Did you have any favorite stunts that you got to coordinate with them? And for folks who really don't know, like, yes, like actors do do a certain amount, but like there's a point where stunt double takes over like what are kind of the thought processes that go into that because it really does feel seamless yeah I mean there's a lot of obviously a lot of our great actors they they want to do as much as they possibly can but you know we obviously with stunts with any action sequence comes an element of risk so we always have to be real about what the artist does and where the stunt performer takes over and obviously there's some of the stunts that we do on the Marvel movies are pretty huge. So we need, you know, exceptional gymnasts, exceptional fighters. So people that are multi-skilled for that superhero's character. So we would look at things where if it's fighting, ground-based fighting, or even some aerial stuff where it's slightly less dynamic, we would invite the actor to join in with that if there were no impacts and, you know, things that potentially could stop him or injure him or you know, from going to work the next day or things that we have to keep shooting. But we would, for instance, we would take the actor, if somebody's doing a fight scene, then they get blasted back. We call it like on a ratchet or a ram on a wire. And then they've got to fly through the air and then impact onto the ground. We would start the actor doing the start of the action. We would then pick up the shot of the stunt performer on the wire. So they would fly through the air and then impact onto the ground. And then we would pick up the actor doing... So we'd almost top and tail it for the bigger stuff. So that we pick up them like rolling on the ground. But for instance, in Doctor Strange, the actors did a lot and they were all very, very keen to get involved in the action. You know, America as well. Obviously, she was a minor, so we had to be more mindful of that. And there are limits and safety factors as to how high we can take a minor. And I think all of the actors, they very much wanted to get involved. I mean, obviously, we look at everything. We look at safety, the actor's capabilities, the size of the stunt, the dynamics, any impacts. And also, sometimes it's just down to scheduling. And sometimes, like on a Marvel movie, we might have four different units running doing action sequence. So sometimes, you know, even though we have uh, different uh, multiverses, the actual actor can only be in one place at one time. So sometimes it's just down to logistics. And I think that's pretty amazing because I think for folks, I'm so excited that they're getting a chance to hear how much storytelling goes into the work of stuck coordinating. It seems obvious that you and the rest of the team would have to know every single power that our favorite superheroes have. But that has to be so ingrained in that work. And congratulations, because it was a ride. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible ride. And I love working for Marvel because it's just, there's no end to the the scope of the imaginative process and the creativity. And also just learning about all the different characters, working closely with 
the creative producers and making sure that you've got the right powers and where they are on their journey, that you're telling that story. So we also have to do a lot of homework and research, R&D, on each of the characters, making sure that moment on their journey, we're telling the right story about their capabilities and their powers. I love it. Thank you so much because we know you're on set and you took time out today and I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is in theaters now. So if you haven't seen it, please go do it. It's amazing. And let us know what you love about America Chavez. You can tweet us using the hashtag Women of Marvel or tag us at Anjali Grochet, OMG, DJ Judy, and Ellie Pyle. Next, we have our Marvel staff spotlight. And this week, we are going to be talking to Isabel Sue from Marvel Games. Uh, my name is Isabel Sue, and I'm the Senior Manager of Creative Development at Marvel Games. My role involves leading creative development from the Marvel side for uh, multiple games and various stages of development and live ops by providing uh, both creative and brand guidance to ensure that you know the games feel authentically Marvel and that you know they're just awesome games for our fans to play. We partner with the best developers and publishers in the gaming industry to bring their visions and uh, hundreds of Marvel characters and new Marvel stories to life. I've been in gaming for pretty much my whole career. I went to film school and did a couple of internships and freelance gigs in film, but ultimately kind of felt that gaming was where my heart was. I've been a gamer for pretty much my entire life and also grew up reading comic books. So when, you know, I had the opportunity to go for an internship at Marvel Games, of course, I had to jump on it and eventually was hired on full time. Yeah, and I think I've been at Marvel now for over six years now total. I think my first exposure to Marvel was through the Marvel vs. Capcom fighting game series and the X-Men arcade game. And, you know, that kind of eventually led me to the comic books, which I became obsessed with growing up. Going to comic shops was, you know, kind of a special treat for me when I was a kid. But I would always be going to, you know, thrift stores or garage sales to try to find older issues. I think one of my favorite kind of series when I was young was the Captain American Falcon series from the late 60s and 70s. And, you know, of course, when the MCU became a thing, you know, it continued my love for Marvel and have been lucky enough to, you know, also bring that love into my career as well. My favorite female Marvel character is definitely Storm, partly because she's awesome in the X-Men arcade game, but also because, you know, she just has this incredible duality of just being kind and super warm and just like this maternal figure to the X-Men, but also has that like incredible, destructive, awesome power. And, you know, that kind of duality is just really, really cool to me. Working at Marvel has honestly, I know it sounds so cheesy, but it really has been like a dream come true. I never thought that I would ever have this opportunity. I actually left Marvel five or six years in and went to kind of explore other areas of the games industry. But when my old boss at Marvel approached me about potentially coming back, like I was just so excited to have that chance and loved the team here so much, love all my Marvel colleagues love how Marvel has always just been 
such a champion for driving current events and social issues through storytelling. So, you know, I was super excited to come back to Marvel. But as far as behind the scenes goes, I think working at Marvel is just, it's really the people that are here, the awesome creativity of not just our creators, you know, not just the Marvel writers and artists, but also, you know, all of our colleagues that kind of keep the machine running. So just happy to be here. Oh man, I really love Isabel and like shout out to her because she also did the introduction of Marvel's Voices Identity, which is the new AAPI focused book that's coming out for API Heritage Month. She's just phenomenal. And man, does she love Marvel. All right. But that being said, Ellie, what do you have for us next week? Next week, we get to meet the only Marvel superhero who kicks butts and eats nuts. Squirrel Girl. You may have heard that she has joined us in the ranks of Marvel podcast hosts. She has her own college radio show, and it is an absolute delight. So we are going to hear from Squirrel Girl herself, actress Milana Weintraub, the director, Giovanna Sardelli, and someone who wrote Squirrel Girl in an entirely different context, playwright Karen Zacharias, who brought Squirrel Girl on stage in live theater. But until then, Women of Marvel is produced by Isabel Robertson, Cara McCurk-Allison, Ellie Pyle, me, Judy Stevens, and Angelique Rocher. Our senior manager of audio development is Brad Barton. Our production manager is Larissa Rosen, and our executive producer is Jill Duboff. Listen weekly on SiriusXM and on Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, this is Marvel, your universe. 